church said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and thank you for your great worship this morning. We started New Life Church in the summer of 1999, several years ago now. This was a very interesting time in the church world as a whole. The seeker-sensitive church movement at that time was thriving. It really was. You may say, well, pastor, you need to fill me in because I don't know what the seeker-sensitive movement is or was. Let me just put it into a nutshell. Not my words, but those that were a part of the seeker-sensitive movement, movement. And I quote, Discard most of what we have previously thought and been taught about church growth and replace it with a new paradigm, a new way to do ministry, end quote. Perhaps inadvertently with this new wave of ministry came a de-emphasis on taking personal responsibility for Bible study combined with an emphasis on felt needs and programs with slick marketing. The size of the crowd, rather than the depth of the heart, determined success. If the crowd was large, then surely God was blessing the ministry. Churches were built by demographic studies, professional strategists, Marketing research, meeting felt needs and sermons consistent with those techniques. Preaching was out. Relevance was in. Doctrine didn't matter nearly as much as innovation. If it wasn't cutting edge and consumer friendly, it was doomed. Certain words, sin... Salvation, sanctification were antiquated and taboo and they were replaced with strategy and sensitivity. That is the church culture that was alive and thriving when this church began. Then came a startling book. It was entitled Reveal, Where Are You? was co-authored in 2007 by Callie Parkinson and Greg Hawkins, the executive pastor of Willow Creek Community Church. Church leaders called the findings in this book groundbreaking, earth-shaking, and mind-blowing. And no wonder. It seemed that the experts were wrong. The report revealed that most of what they had been doing for these many years and what they had taught millions of others to do is not producing solid disciples of Jesus Christ. Numbers, yes, but not disciples. It gets worse. Pastor Bill Hybels from the Willow Creek Community Church lamented in the book, and I quote, some of the stuff that we have put millions of dollars into thinking it would really help our people grow and develop spiritually. 
when the data actually came back, it wasn't helping people that much. Other things that we didn't put that much money into and didn't put much staff against is stuff that our people were crying out for. If you simply want a crowd, then the seeker-sensitive model produces results. But if you want solid, sincere, mature followers of Jesus Christ, Heibel says, it's a bust. We made a mistake. What we should have done when people crossed the line of faith and became Christians We should have started telling people and teaching people that they have to take responsibility to become self-feeders. We should have gotten people, taught people how to read their Bible between services, how to do the spiritual practices much more aggressively on their own. It was eye-opening to me just a few years into the existence of this church that a predominant and prominent Christian leader came out and said, we made a mistake when we erred too far away from what God had already said. It sent shockwaves. But I am rising on this Sunday morning not to point convicting fingers at other individuals, but rather to come right down into our business and declare on this Sunday morning, we look to the Bible. If you're waiting on the sermon to get good, it just got good. We look to the Bible. Not just for history, but for our example. Not simply for reference, but hear this, Pastor. We look to it for replication. We are called not to create, but to follow the pattern that is found in the history of the church. There already is a pattern for being a church. There already is a template for being a church. I know we live in 2023. I know we don't live in the pages of the Bible, but there is truth and principle embedded in the pages of this Bible. There is truth and there is principle about what a church ought to believe, what a church ought to preach, what a church ought to teach, and what a church ought to promote. And God forbid that we would ever become so conceited in our thinking that we can substitute program for message. Some snazzy thing for the truth of God's word. I want to do ministry and I want to do it well. But not at the expense of the truth of the word of God. Oh, 
I feel like preaching today. There are going to be times that the word is going to get in our business. There's going to be times that the word's going to step on our toes. There's going to be times that it's going to press our sensibility. But I, for one, need that from God. I need God to get in my business. I need God to bust me out of my shell every once in a while. I need the word of God to start at the top of my head and go to the bottom of my feet. And that becomes a mirror for my life. Am I living by the book? Am I walking in the book? Am I following? Following what the book says. Praise God. In the historical accounting of the first church, we see believers fully immersed in message and in mission. I'm going to say that again. In the historical accounting in our Bibles of the first church. We see believers fully immersed in message and mission. We do not see people clamoring for their needs to be met, but rather sacrificially giving and going so that others may know Jesus Christ. We do not see a group of people that are overly concerned with how the church blesses them, but rather they are convinced that this gospel that touched my life is what every culture needs and what every man and woman needs. We see a people consumed with mission. May I preach it today? The kingdom of me is a very small kingdom. But the kingdom of God is expansive. It is ever growing. It is never ending. It is world changing and eternity impacting. Oh, that God through the power of the Holy Ghost would let his anointing hit this house today for us to see the glory and the blessing and the responsibility of being in the kingdom of God. Come on, I need to preach it strong today. There's a reason you're in the church right now. There's a reason you're sitting in these chairs right now. There's a reason God's brought me to the kingdom right now. There's a reason God brought your family to the kingdom right now. And it is not simply to bless us, but to bless others through us. There is a mission found in the Bible. It's an ever-increasing kingdom. In Acts chapter number 16, Paul is on his second missionary journey. He took Timothy with him he wanted to make sure that he had enough people around him to help multiply the apostolic missionary effort he began to revisit cities and churches that had been planted previously that's in verse number four of Acts 16 we get to verse number five and the Bible says the result of their journey is that the churches were established in the faith And they increased in number daily. The churches were established in the faith. And they increased in number daily. 
I'm going to be very candid with you and tell you. If that is the testimony of new life in Cabot, that the church is established in faith and increasing in number daily, I am a happy leader. I want that for our church. I want our church to be established in the faith. I want us to be increasing in number daily, such as should be saved. But that is not the end of Acts chapter 16. Because the very next verse declares, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And then, verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Come over to Macedonia and help us. We need help. Help us. We need direction. Help us. Come over to Macedonia. It was a call from another world. It was a call from another world. It was not a normal call. It was not something that Paul and Timothy had heard before, but yet it was a call from another world. Hear me today, New Life Church, the call from another world is always invasive. It messes with a plan. You see, Paul and Timothy had a plan set up. Paul and Timothy had desires to visit Asia and Bithynia. Paul and Timothy probably GPSed it out and had a nice comfortable route that they were going to take to bring the gospel to Asia and then bring the gospel to Bithynia. But the call from another world came. And the call stepped in and messed up their way. Paul, along with Timothy, wanted to go to Asia. But the Bible says the Holy Ghost forbid them. I don't know what it was like. I don't know exactly how the Holy Ghost forbid them. I don't know what kind of manifestation or feeling or idea came into their mind. All I know is what the Bible says, that when they wanted to go to Asia, the Holy Ghost said no. And so they left that place and decided, well, it must be Bithynia, where we need to go, and passing by, they came to the door of Bithynia, and the Holy Ghost did not let them go to Bithynia. 
So with two doors closed, the Lord begins to continue to direct and said, I need you to go to Mysia. And then you make your way down to Troas. Notice they wanted to go to Asia and God said no. They desired to go to Bithynia and God closed that door. They came to Mysia and to Troas probably disappointed because they didn't get to take the trip that they were wanting to take. But sometimes God closes doors to get us into the place where we can hear the call of God from another world. Sometimes God will close a door so that we will be uniquely positioned in another place so that our ears will be attuned to the frequency of heaven so we can hear the call from another world. Please hear this preacher right now. The call from another world means I don't get to choose destinies. It is his kingdom and it is his kingdom above everything else. The call of God is invasive. The call of God gets in our business. The call of God from another world will not be convenient for us, but it is necessary. It's the call from another world. It's also very interesting for me to realize this morning that the call from a man in a foreign field was the call of God. Oh, pastor, if God said it, I'd do it. It might be the call of a man or a woman that is the same as the call of God. Those voices many times sound very familiar, especially when they're saying, help us. Come over here and help us. We need help. Man's call to Paul was to come to Macedonia. And God's call to Paul was to go to Macedonia. The voices of a man and a woman can also be the voice of God himself. We must hear what people's call is saying. It very well may be God's call as well. We as a church respond to the call of God to go to all nations. We do that by sending ourselves. There are many people in this room right now. And when I say that I don't mean two or three. That have heard the call from another world. And some for lengths of time and some for short periods of time have left the comforts of North America and you have literally traveled around the world. How did you do that and why did you do that? You did that because you heard a call from another world. You heard the call of a man or a woman lost in sin, lost in false religion, who through their very life are saying, come over and help us. You see, the call of a man 
in a foreign land can be the call of God himself. In Mark chapter 16, he said to them, Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they, everybody shout they. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Let me preach it boldly to this great congregation today. It is always the will of God to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. You never need to pray and say, God, is it your will that people hear the gospel? We can talk about timing. We can talk about that. But when we talk about declaring the will of God and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus has already given us that great commission. In Matthew 28, as Jesus came and spoke to his disciples, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Oh, that God will help us to tune our ear to the cry of men and women in the Middle East and men and women in Europe and men and women in Asia and men and women in Africa. I pray that we will be able to hear the voice of a rich European and a poor African at the same time who is lifting up their spirit and saying, would somebody please come to me would somebody come over and help us everybody say help us we have a great and powerful commission to go but perhaps I am here in this wonderful service on this Sunday morning For what I will preach in the next five to six minutes across this pulpit. When I hear the call of God from another world. And I act. I fulfill God's purpose for my life. I don't expect you to jump over chairs and run aisles. Because you don't know where I'm going with this yet. But I feel so strongly, I'm going to repeat that again. When you and I hear the call from another world and we act on that, we are fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. Peter said in his first epistle, you, speaking to believers, are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy priesthood. 
nation. You are his own special people. Watch this now. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. God chose us and God saved us so that we would proclaim Him. I need every person in this church, every person that's breathing in this room to listen to this pastor right now. I need every teenager every child, every new believer, every guest and every elder to listen to this preacher right now. Going to heaven is a wonderful benefit of God choosing us to be saved and us responding. But it is not the primary purpose of salvation. Now listen, I like to preach. And I like to preach about heaven. I like to sing about heaven. I like to preach and sing about dancing on streets of gold someday and him building a mansion for me and all those wonderful things. But honey, if you and I are living for God just to escape hell, we are missing it a kingdom mile because heaven is going to be wonderful. But I'm not chosen by God and saved by God simply to make it to heaven. I am chosen by God and saved by God to be one who proclaims the Lord of glory, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. That is the purpose for salvation. And you and I have to look at the Bible to prove this. Because we can embrace a very immature view of salvation if we do not. In the very first page of scripture, God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, in the image of God, he created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. He created man and he created woman in his image to show who he was to the entire earth that raises The responsibility that I have as a born again believer. I don't have the right to just sit back and wait till heaven comes. I have been created by God in 
his image, to be his likeness on this earth, to be his representative on this earth, to be his ambassador on this earth. If Paul said it like this, it's as though you, as ambassadors for Christ, are imploring people, be reconciled to God. See, the primary purpose of salvation this morning is that we would do what God originally created man to do in Genesis chapter 1. Be his image on the earth. Be fruitful and multiply, filling the earth. And to subdue it. Bring his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. This is why we must reach all nations and all people. Come over! Help us! We didn't prompt any of the missionaries that greeted us today. Sister Celinda and her team did a marvelous job putting this entire day together. But we didn't tell those missionaries what to say. Did you hear Sim Strickland from Greece who interrupted his own greeting to our church and said, hey, if you're looking for a place to bless, we're trying to build a campground so that we can reach more people in the country of Greece. If you're looking for a place, I know, I know. Some may hear that, hear a missionary say that and say, yeah, they're just, they're dependent on us. Yes! They are! I got a lot of bills here, Pastor. I got a lot of things that I'm taking care of. I understand that. But we have a mandate to reach all nations. We have, in this church right now, I'm not talking about churches down the street. I'm not talking about your friend's church. I'm not talking about the people in Jacksonville or Lone Oak or Desark. Or any, I'm talking about right here, New Life in Cabot. We have missions partners right now who are ready to travel to unreached people groups. We have missionary partners right now who are ready to build buildings to host conventions and conferences and bring people together for training. We have partners that we partner with every single month that are ready to accept more Bible school students. We have partners right now who are ready to translate lessons in, of the Bible into the languages of their nation. And they are waiting on someone to hear the call from another world. Help us! Help us! It's a call from another world that I simply cannot I have never, ever regretted a financial investment 
that I have ever made to reach all nations. Not one time. The truth of the matter is this. We could, in this room right now, take every dollar out of our purse or our wallet and give it to reach the world. But listen to this pastor right now. Most of us would do just fine this way. It's not as easy with this thing on. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's what I got in my pocket right now. But if I had nine hundred dollars in my pocket right now and I said it and I said we're going to reach the world most of us now please don't come up to me after church and say well I'm the exception I know there's exceptions here I'm not making light of that at all and we're doing our best as a church to help families that are struggling and in need but the truth of the matter is you and I live in one of the most affluent nations in the world on our worst day financially, we are so immensely blessed beyond where most people are in this world. So Stacy and I went to our national conference in Indianapolis, the United Pentecostal Church National Conference, a few weeks ago. Several from our church were there. And... Um, Wednesday night came and Jerry Dean, my dear friend Jerry Dean, was preaching. And Brother Dean got up in the service and he made a statement. He was very calm when he said it. He was not saying it boisterously. He wasn't screaming it. He wasn't hollering it. Brother Tier, you will remember this. When Brother Dean got up and he said, tonight we will take the largest missions offering in the history of the United Pentecostal Church in one service. Now just so you know, for perspective and context, previously, about 10 years earlier, the largest one-night offering in that service was $4.3 million. So he was not saying, we're going to take up a $100,000 that would have been wonderful. But he said, we are going to take up the largest offering in the history of our fellowship in one night. But oh, did he not say it calmly? He said it like I'm saying it right now. And then he opened up the Bible and he began to preach. And the more he preached, the more it got a hold of me. I don't even know how to describe it other than I started to hear a call from another world. Let me tell you what I ask our pastor's team, our prayer team to pray today, and it's happening in this room right now. There are some people God is going to put a call on you to do more than give, but he's going to put a call on you to go. 
is going to put a call of God on you to go, to reach, to leave the comforts of home. But you know what that's going to produce? That's going to produce kingdom fruit in you. I was in that service, and man, the Holy Ghost was plowing me up. And I think one of the reasons why I, I just was so plowed up is I do a lot of the preaching. But how many of you know preachers need preaching too? And we had a little card in our seat that said, My commitment to world missions. Now, let me pause, give you a little context. So Stacy and I are planning on taking some time off after the first of the year. And we're going to take a long-awaited trip to Hawaii. You say, well, really? Yeah. Because, because, because. Thank you. Thank you. Aloha. <laughs> this church got me a, a, a Hawaii trip for my 50th birthday for vacation. And COVID happened. And now I'm 53. I, I take a long time. So we're planning on taking a trip in January. And I'm in that service. And I told Stacy a few weeks ago, I said, baby, I'd really like to just, I've been saving up nickels and dimes for a long time. And I'd really like to just go to a really nice place to stay. I mean, something that you don't do, but maybe once in your life. And so I've been, I've been like a squirrel just socking that money away. And, uh, and my wife told me, she said, I'm going to say this one time. Just do not tell me what you're paying for that hotel. <laughs> it's just a few nights, but it is nice. And as I'm sitting there in that service, the Lord spoke to me. And I say that very humbly. But God spoke to me. And he said, Tim, are you willing to give as much to reach the world as you are to spend three or four nights in a really nice resort. Now, I take one risk, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it out right now. I'm not telling you this to pin any flowers on my lapel. But I have been so blessed. forbid that I would simply is there anything wrong with going to Hawaii and going to a nice place no I hope not because I'm going <laughs> some of you think well yeah God said don't go no he didn't say that I'm still planning on going I'll, I'll FaceTime you or something <laughs> but can you hear it Tim can you hear the call from another world? Can you hear the call of people that are saying today, help me, help me, help me. Our country is in war. Our people are deceived. Help me. I'm going to ask you to do two things here in just a moment. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. And then secondly, I'm going to ask you not, if at all possible, if at all possible, not to move in and out right now.
because the Spirit of the Lord is so rich in this room right now. And God's going to help us to hear the call from another world. Can we do those two things? Let's do the first one right now. Let's stand. So the prophet Isaiah said it like this. The word of the Lord came unto me. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go up for us? Then I, Isaiah, the writer, said this. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. I don't even know his name. All I know is that Ken Cantrell told me he lives in Burkina Faso. And Ken and Jenny Cantrell are our partners in missions there in Burkina Faso. And last time they came by and were in service with us, before he left, Brother Cantrell said, Pastor, I've got something for you so you can remember the work of God in Burkina Faso, which is in Africa. And so every morning when I get up and I go into my office at my house, He says good morning to me. This is probably a few years old. He may be a teenager now. But he's crying out. Make sure the Cantrells are in our country. Because they've got the truth. And they can reach me and my family. I just have a question for you. Can you hear the call? From another world. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. Parents, can we release our sons and our daughters into what God calls them to be? Not what's convenient for us.
can we lessen the noise in our ears so we hear the cry from another world? Can we stop and be convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt of how blessed we are in this country that you have chosen the United States to help literally fund the gospel around the world. Would you let us hear that call from another world? I pray it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 See, we always give back more than we give to the kingdom. We always reap in greater measure than we sow. That's what happens when we hear the call from another world. Here's what I'd like to invite us to do. I'd like to invite everyone that is willing to respond today and is able. If you're physically able, but more than that, if you're willing, I wish you would come and I wish you would bring this as well. It's on your seat. And I want you to come. I want you to fill up this front area of this church. God if you're willing to respond if you're willing to respond thank you Jesus Brazil Portugal, Chile, France and West Africa and Bangladesh, India and Asia and Mexico and Great Britain, Vanuatu and Japan and Korea, Papua New Guinea and Hong Kong, Eswatini and Asia and the Dominican Republic and Guyana, Haiti and Greece and Guatemala, Micronesia, Passion Services, Missionary Kid Ministries, Access Challenge Nations. They're dependent on us today. They're dependent on us today. If you're here and you personally would just like to yield yourself for whatever God has for you, in the going, whatever that looks like, I'm not going to qualify or disqualify anything because I don't know all the Lord wants is speaking right now. But just wherever you are in your reality, you say, God, I'm available. I wish you would just slip your hands up to the Lord and say, God, I'm available today. Praise God. And I wish you would just add your voice to that and say, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me, Lord. Here I am, send me. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. There's going to be something. It's happening right now. There's a sweeping of the presence of the Lord here right now. This is a kingdom response right now. This is a kingdom response right now. This is not man. This is not just selfishness being displayed here. This is a kingdom response right now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life, Lord. I am available and I am willing, Lord, for whatever you have for my life. I am willing, God. I am available for whatever you have for my life, Lord. I yield myself to you right now. I give myself to you right now, Lord. I yield myself to you right now, Lord. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Some of you are feeling that that pull from another world. You're hearing the call of another world right now. Come on. That's it. Go ahead and give voice to that intercessory prayer right now. Just go ahead and give voice to that. Maybe there would be a a young man in this room, just in formative years, that would say, God, I don't have it all figured out for my life, but I'm asking that your kingdom will come and your will would be done, Lord. Your plan be done in my life, Lord. God, it's not my will. It's not my agenda, Lord. It's not my future. It's yours, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be accomplished, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. I pray it in Jesus' name. I pray it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 There are people here under the sound of my voice right now that you're hearing the call from another world to help fund the reach. Fund the reach. And I'm going to ask you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. You have this commitment circle in your hand right now. Two things are going to happen in the next few minutes. Number one, if you feel compelled to give today, you can give by laying it up here on this altar. You can give virtually. We'll throw that, that slide on the screen that shows the virtual ways that we can give through New Life Church. You can just put missions. You can just put missions on there. But God is speaking to some people right now. God's speaking not only to some people that you think, well, I just have a menial job. God's speaking to some people you are affluent and you could really help fund the kingdom through your sacrificial giving. It's going to take all of us together. It's going to take every one of us together to reach all nations. Amen. But then also this commitment card. If you would say, Pastor, I am feeling the call. I'm hearing the call of another world. And I'm going to commit with God's help to give on a consistent basis. We'll highlight it the first Sunday of every month. We'll call people's attention to the cause of global missions. But you say, I'm committing to that. Would you just jot that down? This is going to be the way that we literally help send people and sponsor and bless the work of God literally around the world. Stacy and I are, are leading the way in this. Let's pray one more time. Jesus, I pray that you will speak today about what I should give, what that looks like, Lord, to support the work of God around the world. I pray it would be led of the Spirit right now, guided by the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray. If you need to talk to your spouse, if you're by your family right now, you need to talk about that. This is what I'm feeling from the Lord. There can come a confirmation if you just want to share that with them. And then we we begin to make these commitments. You jot that down. We're going to leave these on the altar today. We're going to bring them and place them on the altar. You can turn them face down. But we're going to see the work of God expand around the world 
as we hear the call from another world.